Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Up and Over podcast, the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Truth, where a bunch of marks discuss pro wrestling. Everything's a work. Our opinions don't fucking matter. My name's Ethan, and I'm joined, as always, by a couple of bastards who love pro wrestling (laughs) as much as I do. Okay. And I'm starting tonight with these. Dial in, fellas. Dial in. I'm starting tonight in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen if you're watching. If you're listening, just picture it. It's Arizona's own. might be different for them. It's fine. Fuck them. It's actually weird. It's Arizona's own. Blue jean wearing. Big show loving. Living room that looks like a guest bedroom sitting. El Gordo Gringo. Casey Van Sickle. I ain't never worn a pair of blue jeans on this podcast. Never have, never will. <laughs> Next. Okay. Oh, man. We got the biggest piece of shit of them all. <laughs> He's broke. <laughs> He's horny. <laughs> He's horny. If you, if you need to hit his line, ladies, you can hit it. And he's out of his goddamn mind. He's the eight by six god. Mike Klutsky. Hey, y'all remember and, when uh when Enzo Amore called himself uh Smack Talker Skywalker? If you didn't, now you do. Have a good one. Okay. There you go. And last but not least, we've got the reigning and defending tag team champions of New Hanover County. <laughs> <laughs> The reason this podcast is 30 minutes late, no one looks like you can tell. But yes, we've got Big Daddy C, Cortland. Give a round. Hello, hello. Glad to be here. And his partner, the leader of the Lance Storm is a Batty fan club, Patty Mill. All about Lance. All about. Well, today we're covering Bad Blood 2003, but before we get into that, we always talk about what's been going on this week in wrestling, and unfortunately, uh, before we even get started, I just want to say rest in peace to Jimmy Rave. Um, Jimmy, somebody that I saw in TNA uh, with the Rock and Rave infection, and I was like, you know, it was a fun thing, and I had no idea how amazing of a wrestler he was until I checked out his Ring of Honor stuff, and truthfully... I feel like he's somebody who deserved a lot more from the wrestling business and stuff just never really went his way. And now we're here and it sucks, but I'm glad to see so many people on Twitter talking about him and sharing all these great matches and stuff he had. Cause that dude was an amazing heel. Um, but yeah, rest in peace to him. Um, any of you guys have any Jimmy Rave thoughts, matches, memories? There was a clip going around. Just to kind of, because obviously, like, he was really big on the independence and he had his time in it and TNA and stuff. But there was a moment where he gets into the ring during an ROH match and he was notorious for hating the streams that would come in. And mm-hmm. they would, in the clip, it's they're throwing rolls of toilet paper into the, into the ring and he is picking them up and he is fucking hurling them back out into the crowd. And it made yeah. me laugh so fucking hard. Like, <laughs> It, he is definitely one of those guys where it's like he just didn't get a, enough credit. There was a lot of like, even people were sharing DMs of like how, I mean, the guy went through fucking hell towards the towards the tail end. 
and he was still trying to help make sure people were getting booked if they needed to get booked and all the stuff so it's like it's it's definitely a sad a sad moment in wrestling i and also the thing too about it is for someone who's largely known as being an independent wrestler he's truthfully was he wasn't your stereotypical independent wrestler at all because he wasn't a moves guy at all and he was all about his character you know and like literally one of the best heels in independent wrestling ever honestly I mean, he, that stuff in 2004, 2005 in Ring of Honor with the Embassy, they, they were throwing toilet paper at that man every show. Like, yeah. he got major, major heat. And I just feel like he's somebody who could have done more in other places if things ever went that way. But uh, anything else, anybody? What's the, what else has happened this week? Saddest fucking, the second saddest thing of the, of the week is uh, Final Battle happened. Oh, oh man, it was miserable. Either. I wanted to cry like the entire time watching that I, piece of shit pay-per-view. I mean that with a term of endearment. It was a great paper. <laughs> I had no, I was going to say, that was a fucking <laughs> It's like, I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to fight so someone. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was great. It was fucking I had awesome. A hard it was time. so sad. I had a hard time even getting on Twitter like the whole day because it was just the saddest shit you would read. Because yeah. it was like everyone just talking about like what it meant to them. And I'm like, I don't want it to go. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it's something that I didn't expect to hit me as hard because I haven't cared about ring of honor in four years but if it wasn't like ring of honor was like the first independent that i got into and i binged them so hard yep. you know all that mid 2000s stuff and then seeing everyone post i'm like damn this is the company that made the wrestling we know today and it's literally about to be dead yeah. like they you know what they did in the mid 2000s is what literally made you know even even influenced wwe and everything they did with NXT and stuff. It's like, it's just a big moment, sad moment. John Gresham Uh, won the world title there too on his last night, like on the last night of Ring of Honor, which was awesome. It was definitely awesome. Fuck everyone that gave him shit for being short. He'd beat the shit out of all of them, so it's fine. A bunch of fucking people, like, oh, afterwards were like talking about, I didn't know how short he was. Uh, up, up he's, in, he's not a very big uh, guy. He's he's, he's five, not at all. Uh, if you're wondering, he's five four, and that surprised the shit he's, out of me because in ring I thought he was six two. Like it's just that was like how he carried himself. I never knew how small he was until everyone brought him up, and I'm dude. like, he's a he's a big boy. amazing yeah. talent, and like I was happy as shit that he got to win the, like the first R. Like he's he walked home with the original ROH title. Yeah. So like um, that's. And- and one other thing, too, his new promotion, Terminus, they announced a lot of talent for the first show this week. They're having Daniel Garcia, Lee Moriarty, Kiera Hogan. Uh, I can't remember everybody they announced, but that's sick. And also, I was telling Mike earlier, seems like Gresham's going to carry that title with him because GCW announced him for a show today, and they announced him as the ROH World Champion, John Gresham. And I've just seen a lot of people mention, or like, it seems like he's going to keep it with him. I don't know if there's any plans. I hope he just defends it in every fucking company he goes to. Yeah, I mean, it may as well, dude. It's like an actual, like, working FTW title. Like, prior to to its run now in AEW, but, like, as if, like, basically if Taz kept it and then worked the independence since ECW, it's like, he'll just carry... Yeah, fuck it. Let him carry it around. Let him be the longest (laughs) reigning defending fucking ROH champion ever. I love it. (laughs) The truth is, I mean, if... To me, Jonathan Gresham's one of the only people around nowadays that really embodies what ROH always was. You know, so if anybody's going to do some shit like that and let him just carry that around until they do reboot and then obviously have him as the face of it, I mean, sounds like a great idea to me. Amen. Absolutely. 
there's one thing I wanted to touch on. Um, I'm just going to read something from Wrestling Headlines. It's like formerly uh, Lords of Pain. Um, posted the quote, Saturday's world-class revolution event in Irving, Texas. Saw the Blood Hunter defend the Texas heavyweight title against former WWE star Carlito. Hamble ended up attacking a referee, stabbing multiple times in the head with a spike. Um, he, the referee reportedly knew that there was going to be a physical angle, um, but he did not know to the extent that this happened. And uh, he said it's definitely not a work. And uh, he went way off the rails. And there's a lot of people posting about um, this man just completely stopped wrestling. I know there's a lot of people out there just saying like, oh, fuck cancel culture and all this nonsense. But at the end of the day, this is someone that's harming someone. Yeah, fuck that. Um, yeah. So like, like literally. stop booking him. Yeah. Um, yep. I think it's a an absolutely awful scene. And if you want to use pro wrestling for senseless violence, you can go fuck yourself. Yep. 100%. Especially like, when don't you're go into work for yourself. They don't yeah. go into work for yourself, especially on a fucking referee. Yep. You are absolutely ridiculous. You're absolutely out of line. And I, I hope that you're charged to the fullest extent. Because it's just plain out bullshit. Yeah. And if yeah. you ever do get put back in a wrestling ring, I hope you get fucking humbled. Yeah. Fuck Hannibal. Fuck, fuck Blood Hunter. Whatever he's going by. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Before we move on, the if you go to the Pro Wrestling Truth Twitter, I've retweeted and shared. There's a GoFundMe for the referee because yeah, he got fucked all up. up. Yeah, they've. Uh, I think the goal is ten thousand. I think they've raised about five now. Last yeah, time that I saw it, which uh, that's super awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're at six now. Oh, nice. They're at six, awesome. Hell yeah. And tragic scene. I hope that. Uh, yes. Yeah, I hope that something yeah. like that just obviously never happens again. I hate anyone in attendance. I had to witness that. Um, like you're using pro wrestling for shock value and harm, and that shit's just not cool, man. Especially on people that don't agree with it. Like it's a referee. Before yeah. I get any more heated about that, um, anybody want to start bad blood? I'm going to talk about that. Mm, um, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, Bad Blood. It was June 15th, 2003 in Houston, Texas. Uh, the first thing I got is the uh, – well, just so you know, this was a week after the insurrection pay-per-view that we just covered last week. The insurrection pay-per-view um, that they basically ignored ever happened. Completely. Yeah. Didn't say anything at all. The, the insurrection pay-per-view was basically like a little uh, run-through for this actual pay-per-view where they actually did something that had a little substance to it. So don't watch that pay-per-view, but watch our podcast from last week. Yeah, we talk right. about that Because it's way more entertaining than the goddamn and shorter, and it's yeah, far more entertaining. Yes. Um, so, yeah, the opening video package for this was pretty awesome. Honestly, the biggest thing that start, stood out to me when this pay-per-view started is that it actually felt like a pay-per-view. It actually commanded yeah. my attention. Insurrection, it was so lifeless, dude. I was like, oh, man. Immediately, I was like, I felt like I'm watching a glorified house show. But here they had a great video package. It recapped the Triple H Kevin Nash feud that is headlining tonight in the Hell in the Cell and got us through how Mick Foley became the special ref. Um, Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler on commentary. First words said out of Jerry Lawler's mouth to start this thing off. Look out! 
as Dudley's pyro goes off in the first match of the night. Oh, my God. It's racially fueled. I just wanted to say, so they do the video package. It's the best video package that we've had in a couple of them. But when the pyro hits at the start of that pay-per-view, it was, I had had to stop. And I was like, fucking Christ. Because it was like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> it was like it's like someone like pressed the pyro button too long and they're like the button got stuck because it was like three rounds of just like the most aggressive pyro and i was like oh my god <laughs> like that and had then to be so it fucking loud and then yeah immediately it's just boom from fucking 3d like <laughs> before we jump into that match i just find it important to tell you that they had the exact same runtime as insurrection oh fuck the exact same? Yeah, the exact same runtime. I actually think that um, Bad Blood went three minutes over what Insurrection went. Huh. And this felt like a much shorter pay-per-view than Insur- Insurrection. I thought I was going to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this was yeah, miles ahead better. But yeah, so we get yeah. Chris Nowitzki and Rodney Mack versus the Dudley Boys. And while everyone's coming out, they have a backstage <laughs> segment... God, yes, yes. why? <laughs> why do yes, we have, yes. why did this happen? Yes, they call yes. so so Theodore Long, Chris, and fucking Rodney Mack all corner Devon and they're like, Why are you letting the white man tell you what to do? And not just all of them. The only <laughs> so white they, dude they, that's they in bring, the group. So they bring it up as says if like, that. they're like, why are we doing this? But the actual quote is, why is your white brother always brother. ordering you around? He's always telling him to get the tables, man. What? what? Then he's holding him up. He, then Devon has him held up against the wall, and he says, "Why is your white brother always telling you what to do?" Chris Nowiski also likes is referring to himself as a minority at the time. Um, Chris Nowiski. Because he's intelligent. He, he knows what it, it feels like to be oppressed by the man. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's he's so intelligent that he is considered a minority. So he understands what oppression is. And this man is whiter than the fucking Chris Ben Wall background of my fucking eight by ten over here. He's whiter than I am, and I'm fucking pasty pale white. <laughs> Gee, I Yep, that is sweet. If if for some reason you're ever going to watch this, you've officially made the list of fuck you. Um, it's Michael Cole, <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler, and now Chris Nowinski. And Corey fuck Graves. Man. And Corey Graves, <laughs> sorry. Chris, eat shit. Chris so, man. I, I don't know if this bugged anyone else. So they decided for whatever the fuck reason that on this pay-per-view, the hard camera was not going to be on the traditional... Like left mm-hmm. side of the stadium was on the right hand side, and they ended up switching what corners the tag teams were going to be in. I saw that Nick Patrick moved them, and yeah, I was like, "Oh, this is that. dog shit. This but looks the, awful." The weird, weird part is they moved them after the bell already rang, so it was a clusterfuck from the start. It looked weird. I'm like, even if you had the camera changed, there, there's zero reason to change them. You could still see both teams. Like, yeah. It, it it was weird. Uh, <laughs> I it was like the first thing that happens in the match, and I was like, "Hold on!" I was like, "Why are we doing this right now?" Um, God. Yeah, and then to start the match, match, Rodney Mack and Devon had the most awkward lockup before the bell even rang. The lights weren't it even. It was on like the it was so fast. 
it was just awkward. Like normally that shit's cool. Like, oh fuck, they can't wait to get into it. But here it was just like, dude, what are you guys doing? This match ain't even just calm down, guys. It's not that <laughs> it was just weird. I'm like, okay, all right. It's weird, man. It took maybe ninety seconds from the opening bell for the crowd to erupt and we want tables chance. Oh it was like bell. Yeah, it was like bell, they get weirdly situated. We want tables. It was like a mean Like dude, that Texas crowd knew what the fuck they wanted. They were mm-hmm. like guns, freedom, and some pieces <laughs> of shit going through tables. Well, that's what we fucking want here, buddy. There's a tables and puppies. There's a moment in the match, so it's it's Devon starts oh. the match. As soon as Bubba gets tagged in, within like fucking two seconds of him being tagged in, Theodore Long gets up onto the apron and distracts Bubba. And normally, like anytime like something like that happens and like the 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 non-legal tag team or like tag member on the opposite side, if they ever interfere in the match, it's always bad. Like you're not supposed to do it. Nick Patrick, the fucking world's worst goddamn referee, is standing right on the side of this. And while Bubba's being distracted by Theodore Long, Rodney Mack clotheslines the ever-living shit out of him from the outside. And Nick is just like, what's happening in the crowd? Like, he is not paying attention at all. And I'm like, you you just watched this man get clotheslined, and you're not even going to comment on it. Like, we are off before you Before you continue, Cortland, how do you feel about Nick Patrick? Fuck Nick Patrick. <laughs> Is he on the Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler list? <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, here's the thing, dude. Nick- I don't... He is pretty fucking bad. But here's why I say fuck Nick Patrick. It's not for his refereeing, honestly. He's it's because you. no one... No ref has ever made me matter in my life and storyline than Nick Patrick has. Yeah. I wanted to punch that guy in the face so bad as a child. That it has permanently stayed. And I'm just like, oh, fuck Nick Patrick. Like, if you're not supposed to notice a referee, I notice him every time. Oh, my fuck. Yeah, Nick Patrick's going to let something happen that shouldn't happen every fucking time. He tried to beat up Earl Hebner. Fuck that motherfucker. Exactly. Fuck. (laughs) Piece of shit. Don't make me remember that match. (laughs) Well, I remember it. Uh, Anyway. Back to... uh, the rundown of this match is uh, the Dudley boys' formula. It's the what's up drop by the Dudleys. Bubba tells him to get the tables. Teddy Long asks him, asks Devon on the apron, why is he telling you to get the tables? Yeah, me questioning it too, man. But I was crowd, wondering. The crowd does want the tables. Devon goes after Long, but he ducks. And uh, Rodney Mack clotheslines Devon out of the ring. And Nowinski drills Bubba with his mask. His and fucking gets, replica it's... Undertaker mask from like 1995. Fuck it's Chris fucking... Nowinski. And Yoko's going crush his face. This match went seven minutes and seven seconds. Too long. I give it two stars. Not even. I take it back. I read the wrong yes. thing. I no, give no, this no. match a star and three quarters. <laughs> God damn it. Ethan, what you got, bud? Um, Two stars. I mean, <laughs> the match is oh. fine. It's the Dudley Boys formula. The finish sucks ass. Fuck Chris Novinsky. Two stars. <laughs> now you're trolling my ass. Pat, what you got? Two stars. Literally exactly what Ethan said. Um, I, I we, were, we were watching this match yesterday, and I literally said it during the match. I was like, man, I love the Dudley boys, but I feel like I watched the same match 
every, every single time. Every time. <laughs> they're, hey, they're, on, like, they're on the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But like, we're yeah. just too, we're all just too nice to them to tell them that it's broke. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you're watching the, uh, if you're watching the Ross, I know Ethan and I are, but like, if you're watching the Ross leading up to these pay per views, dude, I'm watching the same match two times a day, yeah. and then I have to talk about all five of them right here. But <laughs> the match are different. Like, I don't know what to cover. Like, he did this. He did that. That was a table. He didn't go through he it. He did the Bubba Bomb. He did his version of the Bionic Elbow. They do the What's yeah. Up. They do the tables. We go home. It's the same shit over and over again. Yeah. yeah. It's like give Hogan it. must pose, but for the Dudleys, someone's got to go through a table. For sure. Um, Casey? Yeah. I gave it a two. It's the same shit. Like it's, it, it, the finish kind of fell flat. It wasn't a great match to begin with, but like the finish itself wasn't much better. So like it it gets a two. It... Yeah. Um listen. The way that this podcast has started, you're gonna think I'm fabricating it. I can screenshot it and send it to you boys. My rating is this. A star and three quarters would have been two stars, but I had to hear Chris Nowinski's theme song. <laughs> it's the only part of the match that really pissed me off. Um uh, then we get Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross essentially introducing themselves uh, to the audience at home. Uh, Jerry Lawler looks like a divorced dad in 2003, and it made me laugh really fucking hard. Um, it made me laugh super hard. Um, and I even told Ethan about it when he called me earlier. Lord. Did we go, yep. did we go straight into the bourbon contest after this? Yeah, we Is go that... backstage to Terry. <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and cover this because this was dog shit. We have two grown men dubbing burps. <laughs> I just wish I could have been there to see what it looked like in real life. No. Did they just go. I want you, I want they, you to think about this. Even, even, even. Please repeat that. Please what? repeat that. What? Literally the dubbing burps. It's just. Two grown Ridiculous, men. Man. Dubbing burps, dude. Who? I bet fucking who's it back there hitting the button in the truck? All right, get it. Good shit. Like, man, fuck. <laughs> I don't even think about this. You say it's two grown men, and it is, but they also spin the wheel. There is another person in this room. <laughs> Unfortunately, dealing with this segment. <laughs> I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what and the that's fuck. That's what I think about. Is this poor motherfucker in the back just being like, oh, "I want to go home." So there's not. No, no, no. So you're 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 missing it. There's th- there's four people in this godforsaken room. Minimum. You have <laughs> minimum. You have minimum. You have a cameraman. You got boom guy. Oh, you got boom, so you got boom guy. You've got Terry Reynolds. Superman, like, Terry, know, and the I don't two. know what the fuck Terry did to deserve this level of punishment, but like, there's no reason why she had to be that close to two grown men going. She hits a home run later because of these <laughs> segments, though. She fucking smacks it out of the park, and we'll touch it's, on that one. It's so um, bad. This was a goddamned mess. Um... Austin at the last one looked like he was straining so hard he probably saw stars and almost passed out. I think he and I, had, I had to pause it because the veins were coming out the side of his head and I was like, oh, he's going out. There's no way he's not going out. He's going to bed. He was just showing everyone what it's going to look like for the pie eating contest. He had his tongue out and everything. <sighs> and I'm just going to say, man, 
we move from this segment into more dog shit. Why do you think that? Why do I think that? <laughs> the second Why best match on the that? card, y'all. Let's go. Testing Scott Steiner again. Yeah, I'm winner, about this for the third in a row because they. And his winner go. gets Stacy Keebler's managerial Whoa. services. Whoa. Who saw that coming? Damn, dude. Wow. You got there after three months? Whoa, dude. <sighs> Hey, Test man. is fighting for something he already had. Hey man, Scott Steiner's looking for a new freak. If it wasn't for this, we would have <laughs> never gotten Scott Steiner trying to dive off of the fucking apron, <sighs> catching Buddy. his foot and dying almost. Bro, I was gonna okay. get there. Go ahead, Pat. probably blew out Test. It was the greatest thing I ever saw, man. Just seeing Scott Steiner jump off the apron to nothing, and you see it from the other side. If you haven't seen it on Instagram, go follow our Instagram. So on on the actual pay-per-view when you're watching it, you get to see from behind Scott Steiner. So basically almost in ring, you can see him standing (laughs) on the apron. He goes to dive to do like like the hammer fist to the back of Tess, but his fucking foot catches his his... He went to, he went to, I will rule you. He went to fucking Jerry King's ass. <laughs> he, his foot catches the apron and he just basically falls on his fucking face. Yep. But somehow I managed to find an alternate version of it where it's the guy on the floor just to Thank the you. right. How did you find that? Da- I think it was Daily Motion. I'm not going to lie. I think Daily Motion helped us out again. But there was an alternate version. Looking. He was, yeah, yeah, I know there's other fucking shots so of this go, shit. So if you go to our, our podcast, which is Up and Over Pod on Inst- on, 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 uh, on Instagram, Instagram, there's a reel of it, and it's from the side angle. And you see, clear as day, him just old ham cubes just go for that fucking tie. <laughs> I know I have not had so much fun putting together a reel for our Instagram. Mm. <laughs> like that takes the cake. Dude, Man, it's like fucking mess. Now, I shit all over this match, but literally what I said at the beginning of my review and I written it. I love that this began with this. Because that's this that's just what this feud is, dude. Steiner stumbling the fuck around. Stacy showing her 41 and a half inches on him. This whole thing's just garbage, dude. And I love it. That's the thing. I gave this a star and a quarter, but damn if it wasn't the most fun. I'm just going to suck. I'm still going to say there is nothing that would have given me more joy during this time frame than just to have fucking Stacy standing like on the apron and then like fucking JR comes out of nowhere with like a fucking tape measure and he's like measuring <laughs> her leg to like get the action <laughs> to make sure it's 41. glasses he used to wear yeah. on. But then like him turned and be like, King, it's 41 and a half. <laughs> Dude, he said it during the match. He just like under was, his breath. Like, he didn't even like, say what it was about. Yeah, <laughs> and he just was like forty-one and a half inches like, out of nowhere. They we weren't even gotta, talking about it. Like, <laughs> we got a tie up. We got a <laughs> test. Forty-one and a half inches. Test being thrown into the ropes. Forty-one and a half. <laughs> Literally forty-one and a half. But honestly, the, the only thing good about this is it gave me nostalgia from the SmackDown vs. Raw game when I used to be fighting for Stacy's managerial services. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Go I didn't that. fall off the apron, though. You, yeah. go, you go uh, to the game. You got to go through the game modes. You got 
You know, you get your regular, you get your standard match, you get your tag match, you get your ladder match, you get your Stacy Keebler managerial services match. That's the match you need. You know, steel cage. Next week, we're going to cover Stacy Keebler on a pole match. The My favorite thing about this, if you guys pay attention, every single time that Scott Steiner has come out, He's fixated uh-huh. like uh, Jerry the King Lawler fixates on when he does like that flex to the camera, and uh, and this week he said, uh, "Jerry, you see that? That ain't right. <laughs> How's he do that?" And it pissed me off so much I had to make note of it. I always forget. That's how angry I got. I legitimately forget sometimes how grotesque his fucking biceps are. And like, yeah, during this funny. time, they focus so aggressively on it. I'm like, is that a tumor? Or is it just like he's taking so much steroids that it's like a it's little like he pool. Has, like, little people in his fucking arms that like well, He's got little. I think we've officially hit the first moment where Ethan breaks in the podcast. He's got little dog faced gremlins pushing it up, going. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> oh, a bunch of little ants running around his damn veins. One of them turned into Braun Breaker. Oh, it's the wrong fucking dad. My fault. <laughs> oh, is that how that family rolls? <laughs> they put everybody in the Steiner recliner, boy. <laughs> God, holler if you hear me. All right. Oh, I so... hear you, Casey. So, Ethan, you gave it a star and a quarter. Pat, what'd you give this dog shit match? I don't even care about the finish. We all know Scott Sander won. Who cares? I gave it a star and three quarters, but I wasn't going to give it two because I gave the last match two. I was like, whatever's worth that. You got to go slightly lower. Commendable. Corlin, what, what, what do you got on this? I gave it a star and a quarter as well. You just giving it all to that apron spot? Yes. Yeah. Star and a half. Um, I'll give half a star. Oh, I'm sorry. Fuck ahead. Sorry, Cortland. Go. Um, you said half. No, no, no. I give them. <laughs> I, I would have just given it a star, but I gave it a little bit of a quarter just because. I, I although I want this to end, I know it's not going to, and the way that they wrapped this matchup was a nice way to continue it. Yeah, like the chair, you know, um, him getting her, walking her out, and fucking just staring at her ass the whole time, fucking testing the ring, crying and bitching. Like it could have been worse, you know. But star and a quarter. I will say, I, Tess Tess's tantrum he throws after a two and a half count is some good shit. Yeah, he is way was. too big to be fucking flopping around like that on the ring. Going, God damn it. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'm just going to do some Steiner math to explain oh. my rating. Oh, no. I'm not going to be Taz and try to replicate the whole damn promo. No disrespect to Taz. But three-quarter star, three-quarter star is Steiner falling off the apron. Three-quarters plus a half, that's going to equal my star and a quarter. You know what that extra half is? The half from Stacy's. 41 and a half. <laughs> and that 
That's real Steiner math. I fucking man. hate it here. That genuinely just pissed me off that you said that. <laughs> Go ahead and reel um, me up, bitches. But reel here's, me up. Here's, here's how I'm giving my breakdown of my star and a half. And this, I we've already gone too long on this fucking piece of dog shit, right? Yes. But, oh, yeah. Um, my, my star and a half, I'll give the half star to Scott Steiner's dive. Um, and then the, the full star I'm going to give to Test cracking himself in the fucking face with a chair. <laughs> For the payoff being this piece of shit match. I was trying to think of what actually made me laugh in this match. Oh, that was it. That was it. It was Bing Bong. That was it. Fuck your life. Bing Bong. He You got got Scott Steiner's botched fucking dive. You've got fucking Tess throwing a temper tantrum when he's like fucking 6'8 or whatever the fuck. He's ginormous. And then, yeah, it goes straight into like doing a missed chair shot straight off the top rope right back into his dome. It was probably one of the better ones anyone's ever done. It was perfect. It was a nice bounce and everything. But, yeah, it. I also gave it a fucking star and a star and a half. It. I'm so sad. This is not over. It's just. I hope you have the same breakdown as me because that chair shot made me. I rewound it. Do y'all twice, think this feud? Do y'all think this feud's gonna break two stars ever? Uh, no. If it doesn't break two well, stars, it's gonna break my fucking will to continue this podcast. <laughs> so that's fair. <laughs> Uh, All right, well, uh, next up, we have a backstage segment with Awesome and Bischoff, where uh, they go into a room where Eric Bischoff has picked four women that he would like to uh, eat their uh, hootang pie as they are (laughs) drank. Look at sound (laughs) (laughs) This is a goddamn mess, y'all. This yeah. is not good. Uh, oh, there we go. So, this one says you should go first. <laughs> Y'all want to talk? says he should go first because he's the one that got the girl. Austin says they're in his home, home state, so he should go first. Bischoff says Austin should be a gracious host. Austin agrees that Bischoff can be first, and Austin says he gets to pick which piece of pie that he gets to eat later on in the night. And then right after that, we have a match for the Intercontinental Championship between Booker T and your champion, Christian. I just just want to say real fast, so I like, you know, we all like to write down kind of the order and everything goes, so you got got Tess and Steiner, and then I literally, the next thing I have is, we're talking about eating pussy, y'all. Christian versus Booker T. It just gets a line. It just it keeps going. That's the only thing I have written about it. Cause... I tuned out during this, so I didn't even catch any bit of it. I just said weird backstage segment with Bishop and Stone Cold. Not Money. fun. I just, it. I just tuned out for it. I just tuned out for it. I will say. Dude, Christian my brain wasn't here for this fucking piece. So you don't, I'm so, listen. Do you not like this? Pie? This was the second, <laughs> the, the second highest grossing uh, Pay per view of this year, or the, the sixth highest grossing pay per view of this year. <laughs> and holy shit. This fucking sucks. Um, so I did tune it out because I wasn't it expecting was to talk openly about eating pussy in Texas. So 
Nah, it was the greatest, man. If it was, it, the, it, it, was, it, it was, was awesome. If it was actually like, the second and not the sixth, I was like, everyone really thought the they were going to eat pussy on television. like 400,000 on the buy rate. It was like 386,000 on this buy rate, which was the people sixth love highest time, of the year. People, people were like, you yeah. know, they've done some weird shit in the past. We actually might get this on television. Yeah, that was it. They spun the wheel on Sunday Night Heat, and it was like, oh, eating pussy. And they fucking bought it. Bye, bye, bye. bye. <laughs> Extra buys all of that. Get the fuck out of here, dude. How many how many white gutted men that do plumbing for a living in overalls were sitting there watching that and said, Oh yeah, they gonna be eating pie tonight. How many of them you think were judging those girls like hey, I wouldn't eat her pussy? No <laughs> What are the odds? Never mind, we're going down a bad rabbit yeah, hole. This is not good. <laughs> Let's get back into it. Really, man. I will get back into this Intercontinental we're, Championship. We're going back match to the Intercontinental Championship. I see title. I see title. Oh. All right. So uh, we obviously know the story. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler has laid out the whole story for us. It's essentially Booker T being fucked over by everyone and their mom. Um, at least it feels like. Uh, this match, though, has decent back and forth to start. The near falls, everyone gets their shit in. Christian lands a rock bottom. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Uh, Christian gets out of the ring now. Yeah, that and that's what they called it. As they said a Christian-like bookend mm. is what they said. Um, but Christian dips out of the ring at one point, grabs the belt, runs up the ramp as if he's going to leave. Referee Jack Doan. Um, naturally doing the whole, if you leave, I'll count you out. You will lose your belt. Like the ref can just add stipulations. I was going to say, I was like, I was like, okay, okay. You can, you can get him shit. I'm like, you can just change Matt stipulations. (laughs) I literally have, I literally have Jack Doan lets his nuts hang. (laughs) <laughs> no. All right. Also, no Christian. one questioned it. No, the crowd went fucking bonkers no, for it. Though I'll like, tell you that. Even like the best pop Jack Doan's ever gotten in his whole fucking who, career. Who has bigger nuts, Jack Doan or Nick Patrick? Oh man, who's hanging lower? Fucking spineless. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear anything you said other than <laughs> spineless. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways Cortland continue please I'm not answering All that right. question Ethan. Uh, Christian just so happens to make the count of course Booker T chases him around the ring um, Christian does pick up the belt and hits Booker T right in front of the referee and the referee disqualifies him but he does not lose the championship because the ref never clarified that. <laughs> hey man, that's some that's some heel logic one on one. You said if I get counted out, you'll take my belt. You never said nothing about me hitting him with it though. Dude. Um for me, I gave this match two and three quarters. Uh I think that they really wrestled well. It's <laughs> I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, no, a lot of bad spots. <laughs> no, um, sorry. Mike just the finish... me something real bad. Oh, God. 
Um, I responded to this question. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. Anyway, I'll, I'll answer it. I'll answer it in mine. What are, are y'all are y'all laughing at my rating right now? No, no. I uh, answered his question in text because we already moved on from it. But I did answer his question on who has bigger balls, Jack Doan or uh, or, or Nick Nick Patrick. Um, but go ahead, it's fine. <laughs> just just I'll get and to you it. You said Tory okay. Wilson's dad. Right? I said I said Nick Patrick <laughs> is the fat guy. Nick Nick Patrick is the fat guy. Judging whether or not he'd eat pussy, lol. That's what I texted. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, man, I feel like uh. They could have done more if they got an extra minute. Maybe one more minute would have done it well. Um, I really was hoping again that they would have given it Booker T. I mean, literally hometown is kind of, again, right there in front of you. Um, but you what can't you give it? it a clean finish at that. So. He gave it two Do and three I? quarters. Two and three okay. quarters. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, the finish really annoyed the shit out of me. And the ref changing a match in the middle of the fucking match. Just dumb. And I'm sure as a kid I fucking bought it and was like, hell but like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, what'd you give it? Two and a half stars. Uh man, fuck everything that happened in the second half of that match. Uh, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh yeah, for real. That show's whack. And like you said, Ethan said last week that it felt like they were just doing everything about to like to just see how they could fuck up Booker T's life, and this was like the most creative way you could fucking do it. <laughs> like, tell me, what? I, mean, I just don't know. Like, if you're not if you're not gonna give it to him, why have him in this spot, especially like in Texas? Like, that's probably the on. part that like that like is the worst about it. Like not only not only have you fucked him out of a title like four times in a row now but then it's two like two different titles two different titles every single you. pay-per-view but then it's like every as, pay-per-view we have watched as soon as you get him to a point to where it's like oh fuck he's in his hometown like he's he's clearly like the fucking everyone wants him to win like he gets a huge yep. pop when he comes out and then they're like and fuck you we're not gonna give it to you like it's like Dude. what's the payoff though Yes, to lead into my rating, I just want to say this is like part of what I feel like WWE's downfall has been is because like they lead you on and lead you on and then give you nothing because they can. And it's like Booker T, you know, since I've been reviewing all this shit, he had the team with gold dust. So fucking fun. So fucking over. They break them up and they get one like two week tag title run. Then let's push him against Triple H. Tri Book works his fucking ass off. Gets called all kind of racist shit on commentary two times in a row. Great matches, but he gets shit on. Okay, let's put him in this intercontinental title thing and screw him over three times and top it off on the third time in his hometown. There's no excuse. Garbage shit. Two stars. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we continue, um, yeah, there's a. I don't know if any of you guys wrote this down, but there's a little piece of commentary during the match where. Uh, JR talks about how Booker T or Booker T's mom raised like was it six, seven, single single parent yeah. household or whatever. Yeah. And uh, says that she does a good job where King's rebuttal is, let's go back to that. You said she did a good job. Her son ended up in the can. And then JR says, I feel like he and he coughs before he goes, I feel like there's a lot of people <clears throat> that could have been in the can if some situations ended up differently. And then King says, 
Is there anything that you want to elaborate on? And JR says what sounds like, I think you know what I'm talking about. And then they drop the conversation. Yeah, at this point, so I, I had said it kind of going <laughs> into this. Uh, does King say racist shit in this match? Yes. Is it the least amount of racist shit, though? Yes. So it's, yeah. it's more tolerable to watch this match. But at this particular point, JR is I mean, so fucking over the aggressive racist shit that's happened that he's like if you want to keep going we're gonna air some shit out on air like i will let people know (laughs) like and once again mind you i haven't gone back through the list yet but like there's a laundry list of fucking like horrific shit that king's done since 2003 till now so it's like this is this is shit he's bringing up shit that i don't even think i knew about like (laughs) Well, I think that uh, more than likely, they're probably talking about the plane ride from hell. And I know that that's like a year before this, but I think they just got out of insurrection a week ago. Like Pat said to me earlier, it's probably on the mind. Like they just did the same exact flight where some real bullshit happened. Yep. Yep. I'm so Jerry Lawler probably got arrested for some carpet burns, what I think. Oh, my God. God. All right, well, uh, real quick, I didn't hate the finish. I actually enjoyed Christian playing the chicken shit heel. I thought he did it really well. Um, I went two and a half stars on it, and uh, Jim Ross saying after he hits him with the belt, what a coward's way out by Christian was good shit. I also gave it two and a half. And I'm going to say, if you take out the ref being a bitch about it, and trying to switch out some, uh, uh, trying to book this match himself. Like, Christian just saying, fuck it, getting all the way to the top of the ramp before they're like, you need to come back. Like, that's some good kill shit. And then him just being like, fuck it, and hitting him with the belt anyways. Like, that part of the finish, I actually really liked. And then, yeah, like I said, it's more, it's less racist shit throughout, so I can actually, like, pay attention to what I'm watching, besides being just, like, appalled the entire time. So... Yeah, two and a half. We can just unfortunately move on from this because it's just depressing to think about. Yeah, we get Kevin Nash shown backstage getting ready for his main event match. And then we mm-hmm. jump into... Uh... David oh, the Riz. Holy, holy hell almighty. Yeah, it was. Thank God he's <laughs> not his quads he's taping. He might have torn them motherfuckers. Um, we had uh, leg two of the redneck triathlon, the pie-eating contest. Get the plates um, out. Listen, I don't want to cover this. Nope. So we have somebody to else can. Oh, don't, Ethan, please. Please. I'll lay into this one. Let's fucking right, go. Will. This Here we great. go. I mean... I didn't write too much about it. First off, Jerry Lawler's hosting this pie eating contest. I sadly he wrote. looks like shit, dude. You so, Cortland, listen, listen, guys, guys, can I say something? Cortland just had to scroll to show me his notes about this because he has that much. <laughs> I wrote a lot about this. I just want to quickly touch on the fact that the the, the, the Christian Booker team match happens. And I feel like King sprints down to the ring so goddamn fast because it's like on fucking hard as a rock, too. He's fucking horned up. It's like Christian's a piece of shit. And then it's out of seemingly nowhere. King's like in the ring, like, we're going to eat pussy. Like, it's so so fast. (laughs) You like slid down the fucking. (laughs) 
Oh, dude. And part of what made this great, not to jump ahead, is that Jerry Lawler has a live mic. And yes. JR is on yeah. the commentary mic. He's on house and commentary at the same time. It is awesome. He's just doing his, like, oh, Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I, have, I have such a good quote of Jim Ross. I have such yeah, a I good a one. I can't wait to get to it. Dude, my favorite, my favorite of it all. I'm gonna like Portland place. take it, huh? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'll just say, uh, all right. Austin asked Bischoff if he remembers our conversation if he likes mature women. Ooh, Bischoff, of course, saying yes, and. uh he says, are you sure you can please a woman? And he said, yeah. And he said, how do you know? And he said, because I came from one. I'll let you work that out. <laughs> and then Austin says, maybe we should call you Eric Jerkoff, which is hilarious. Awesome. Um, how do I say this? <laughs> without... Okay, so essentially... Austin tells him that these four beautiful women that you have in the back will not be getting their pie eaten by Eric Bischoff. No, no. And that I'll be introducing you to the pie you will be eating. Yes, yes. To the pie you will be eating. Mm -hmm. And as you could imagine, the music hits, the crowd loses their shit for what can only be the fabulous Moolah and Mae Young. May Young yeah, at this point is 80 dragging. years old. 80 years old and looks like a fucking gremlin from the Lord of the Rings. 80 years old and being Straight built. Out of she's, she's 80 years old and she is a character inputted into a different movie's franchise because you just called her a gremlin from the Lord of the Rings. She looks like shit. <laughs> she died 11 she years later and like Dude, I mean, how long says, did you look like shit for? May I have. I, she must have looked like a gremlin for a solid two decades. I got you, Pat. Matt, so May Young's coming Jay down, Park. and fucking, I think it's actually King says this shit. He goes, "It's pie eating. Is it? It's pie eating, not cheesecake." Cheesecake. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> Jr. says when their music pops, Jr. goes, "Oh, it must be. It's May Young." Who allegedly was entertainment for the Last Supper? Oh yeah, <laughs> and he says he cracks a couple of old people jokes. <laughs> oh man, this um, is this, this is thing. a real thing that happened. Dude, oh man, just think about um, the fact. Well, that the words the the words that resonate with me the most out of this are as follows: May. Make that son of a bitch eat some pie. <laughs> yeah, it was good <laughs> shit. <laughs> so so May, May gets down to the ring, and obviously Bischoff's like, absolutely not. Stone Cold's, Stone Cold's like, well, she's the way right. he's looking at the She's fucking The best part is Dude, he's trying to talk, she's and she's. She's trying. He's trying to talk, and then May Young is in is behind him, going. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he Stop! Goes, he he literally him. mid sentence goes, Stop "Get away!" Me. He stops and goes, "Get away from me!" Like, May Young is. <laughs> she's right and she's ready. Jesus uh, fucking Christ! So yeah, he, she he, pinches, uh, stone. So she Bishop, like pinches Stone Cold's ass, and he 
turned to me, he's like, get away from me. <laughs> well, so, so Bischoff, Bischoff's like, ill, no. And then she goes by, she goes by Stone Cold and he's like, hey, you, you cut that shit out. <laughs> but so Bischoff's trying to back out of this and then uh, Stone Cold has to go, well, remember... I won the burp the burping contest, so it's one nothing. So if you back How out of this, win I win. Oh, and so Bischoff's like, fine. And then he fucking he goes in and Mae Young just fucking just sticks his, her tongue down right. through his through his fucking throat. And they kiss for a for minute. Way too long. Cause May Young uh, had uncomfortable. May had a you death grip. May Young had a death grip on that man's gorgeous hair. Was like, you're not going anywhere. Ugh. They break apart, and Bischoff goes, Ugh, "Beat that!" Stone Cold goes, "What the hell was that? <laughs> you kissed it's her. A it's a pain contest." <laughs> And the crowd loses their motherfucking minds because they're like, that was already enough. No one needed more. And Bischoff's like, no, no, no. Mae Young circles behind Bischoff, low blows him. He gets put into the corner, and then the That's when beautiful... Austin, de Austin delivers the, uh... <laughs> May, make that son of a bitch eat some... <laughs> she rips off her skirt, and Jesus Can I give the Jim Ross Christ. call, please? Can I please give the Jim Ross call? Jim Ross calls it how he sees it. Oh my god, it's a thong. May's, <laughs> May's wearing the world's oldest thong. <laughs> this was the most vile scene that it could have been. <laughs> May Young then has to waddle her way over to proceed to attempt to give a Bronco Buster. But she like is... First of all, as we've already commented, she's 80 fucking years old, so she can't jump. <laughs> so she, like, she's attempts 80. to. She yeah. attempts to jump onto him and then has to climb awkwardly as fuck into position and then just fucking thrust herself into Bishop's yeah. face. My uh, thing is, what a how mess. do you think they approached her with this? She was hey. probably excited about it. She gave birth to a hand. What the fuck are you on about? Hey May Young, it's Vince. How's it going? Do you want to give Do you want to give Bischoff a Bronco Buster and a thong? She was like, "Where do I come?" She like slapped her ass cheeks like Rikishi, that didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking mess! She proceeds to finish off professional player. She finishes the Bronco Buster. PPE. Obviously, Bischoff is disgusted. Everyone's fucking slightly mortified. We all have to go see therapists now. Stone Cold then is yeah. just like, hey, dude, congrats, you fucking win. And then stuns the shit out of Mae Young and says, we got one more event, you little bastard. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here. We spent too much time on 80-year-old pussy in the face of Eric Bischoff. <laughs> <laughs> we then get we then are getting La Resistance versus Kane and RVD. They do like a little bit of like a background of like Kane, you know, been kind of wishy washy, Mister Lackadaisical. He looks like a sad boy in the back. He's like he's like standing there, like looking at him, looking at himself for the reflection of a mirror. Which like, why is there a mirror just in the fucking hallway for some reason? It's like laying on the ground <laughs> too. It's very weird. He's got to make sure his mask gets in. Fun. Fun fact about this is that, as we all know, we had to sit through insurrection the week prior. 
going into Insurrection, La Resistance was undefeated. Oh. They lose that match. They do not commentate on the fact that they lost that match, so they are still technically undefeated going into this tag. That was so fucking bad that they don't even put it on their record. They're just like, they're doing really great. They're undefeated. And then they go into the tag match. And I'm like, you guys didn't even like this. They did a cheat, like an interview backstage with Jonathan Coachman, and they said shit about Texas and then said a bunch of shit. And they said one, uh, Texas one. gave the world George W. Bush. Yo, why did he? Why did? Why did? Why did? Uh, was it Renee? Why did he look at the camera like that after he said the French president's name? It was like real sassy. Like, real, like, like real. I was just yeah. stunned that they shit on George Bush like that. Like in the year 2021, they're getting over. Like that's fucking. They're baby faces. You know what I mean? Yeah. 2006 no. on, you would have been fine, but like 2003 is not a. Old, I'm really a damn compatriot, buddy. Mm-hmm. Goddamn Frenchies. Who's uh, who's so we dive in? We dive into the the tag match. Rob Van Dam and, uh, and I have Rob Van Adam and Kane. Thanks, spell check. Uh, Rob Van Dam and Kane defending their titles against La Resistance or the Resistance, as Ethan said. Goddamn um, Resistance for the World Tag Team Championships. Um, I'm starting to think. That maybe I've romanticized La Resistance's in-ring ability because this fucking <laughs> sucked. Um, <laughs> I have uh, fucking Kane throwing the match. God damn you! And that's all that I have for this. So if anybody else has anything, <laughs> feel free. Dude, there's nothing to talk about here. It's the same shit. It's Robin Tant. Rob Van Dam and Kane do their stuff, and it's fun, and then they lose the belts, and no one cares. We got a flapjack that ain't a flapjack as our finish. You're going to piss Cortland off. I don't know. I agree. Don't call it a flapjack. It ain't no fucking flapjack. I I literally wrote, I went one with the flapjack that ain't a flapjack, because I was like, it ain't a flapjack. As soon as he fucking said it, the one thing that was like, the only notable thing was like, they're them commentating on the fact that first of all we get Rob Van Dam's actual entrance song for like the first time fucking yeah. ever cuz it's always been this like, generic background music but we finally get the actual one with lyrics um but he comes out separately than Kane and they're like oh there's some fucking tension there and I was like okay like that's they're two different people they're not an actual tag team but like they like really try to drive it home that there is some tension in in the Rob Van Dam Kane household this match sucked what did y'all give it two stars it's, just, it's important to note that I would rather watch this <laughs> than Tori Wilson Don Marie um I went two stars on it I gave it a respectable two but it wasn't good yeah, dude. Uh, I gave it two and a quarter. Oh, dude. What's up, Pat? You gave it what? I wasn't going to be nice to these niggas at all, bro. Like, <laughs> one and a half. First. One and a half? All right. One and a half. All right, let's fucking move on. Um, we jump straight into Chris Jericho versus Goldberg. Um, and again, Cortland, I'm going to pass this one directly off to you here. Um, but up until this point, this card was shaping up to be dog shit. 
The high spot of this entire night so far has been the thong-wearing 80-year-old, for fuck's sake. Yep. Five. Five. Number one. Five. So go ahead, Court. Take it over, bud. All right, well, like you said, it's Goldberg, Chris Jericho, if anyone knows. Um, they've had their beef WCW over, you know, cry baby wine, baby cry, big stuff Goldberg did for everyone. Um <clears throat> Jericho comes out first to a lot of booze. Goldberg obviously gets a decent pop. Um, the main things I've written down, Goldberg charges Jericho, sidesteps. Um, Jericho does a funny celebration. Um, there's a good lockup that starts that goes through the ropes. Uh, of course, Goldberg sells absolutely nothing. Uh, tosses him out of the ring. Big press slam by Goldberg. Plants Jericho on the top ropes and also does another one to the outside. Um, Goldberg charges Jericho towards the barricade. Uh, Jericho moves, goes, hits the barricade, but he blades somewhere on a padded barricade. Right in his fucking middle of his forehead, too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I don't know what's up with that. Um, There's a... Smash his fucking forehead against that damn barricade. (laughs) (laughs) Jericho does two face busters and two lion salts. However, the second one is to a standing Goldberg uh, that is caught and well, not really caught, it's kind of like slapped down and then picked up. Um, however, Jericho does a oh, am I missing something? Yes, I do. Uh, Goldberg tries to attempt the spear with the bad shoulder. Uh, obviously, selling the shoulder. He eventually hits it again after taking the walls of Jericho for about 30 seconds. Breaking out. Um, Goldberg gets another spear using the left shoulder and finally hits a jackhammer. I'd say about halfway through this match, a lot of the crowd turned because they realized in person how trash Goldberg is. Um, and uh, yeah, match went 10 minutes, 53 seconds. Um, shout out Chris Jericho for carrying this match because yeah. it's hard to do a Goldberg match. God damn. And uh, this is uh, definitely the best one that I've watched going backwards. Because, um, like I said, I've watched the Raws, too. So I've seen him and Christian him and all these people in these weird-ass matches. And this is probably his best one to date so far. Um, I gave it three stars flat. I think they both showed their ass a good bit. Um, I'm glad I didn't outstay its welcome. I'm glad they kind of got in and got all their shit in. And they got right the fuck out of there. Try to uh, not shine on the weaknesses that Goldberg has. And, you know, I think Jericho's the prime person to put Goldberg with to uh, get a good match out of him. Yeah. Or yeah. beat so. the shit out of him backstage, one or the other. Um, mm. Pat, mm. what you got? I gave it three and a quarter. Um, basically, I agree with everything you said. Uh, you know, it is really hard to have a match with Goldberg and Chris Jericho carried that match. And it was a good match. I enjoyed pretty much every minute of it. I like Goldberg selling the shoulder the entire time. I like the the, the spear that wasn't necessarily a spear because the shoulder was messed up. Like, I enjoyed the match, man. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, beginning of the match, you could tell that he was not selling shit. Yeah. And then um, about, like, halfway through, I feel like he was like, oh, fuck, I'm in the ring with a professional. And then all of that shit changed. All that changed really quick. Casey, what you Which got? It was really cool to see. So I, will, I, I do want to touch, like, on, like, the, like, the Jericho attempting to do like the lion salt, like while Goldberg's standing, that whole moment—it's obviously like botched to shit. But like 
somehow don't understand because we all know I fucking hate Goldberg. Uh, it's like done relatively smoothly towards like he almost kind of like kind of perfectly gets him back up onto his feet and like the transition into like getting him to slam. It's like it's done well given who's in it. Um, I wrote down, ah, yes, let's make the guy who can barely work, uh, work with one arm. That seems logical. Like, <laughs> cause yeah, it seems like at first it's, you're just going to get a Goldberg match. Once he finally does the spear through the barricade, he starts to kind of start selling a little bit and it gets surprisingly better. Like it's probably one of my, I'm going to say my favorite matches from Goldberg, but it's definitely like tolerable to watch. He's out there. It's. It, it, for what it is, and given who is in this match, like, yeah, uh, shout out to Jericho for probably carrying this more than he probably needed to. I gave it two and three quarters, but yeah, it's, it wasn't bad. Ethan, you want me to Ethan, go or you want to go? I'll take it. Um, this is the first match on the show that broke over. I don't even think I gave anything oh, two and a half earlier. Um, but yeah, no, I really like this match. Um, Jericho carried it a lot, but Goldberg selling was really good. It's just, I don't know. I just love when stuff's done. It's just super simple. Goldberg sold well. Jericho did carry it, but to me, I mean, I went three stars on it, you know. I think you just inadvertently called him Goldbarg, and that made me way happier than it I'm sorry, I kind of zoned out low-key, to be honest, and I had to, like, gather my thoughts. But no, I... I thought it was a good match. It's my second favorite match on the show. That's fair. Um, I hate seeming like a Goldberg hater in 2021 because I feel like that's the trend. But uh, he sucked farts out of homeless people's asses. Like this, he was fucking bad. Um, <laughs> Jericho carried the shit out of this, but Goldberg did sell his ass off with the shoulder. Yeah. I enjoyed it for what it was, and that was a Goldberg, right? Um, this might be the best Goldberg match he ever had. Um, it might be the ma- best match he's ever done. Um, it was just, it, it was an actual match. That was my yeah. thing. You know, Jericho led him to have an actual match. It's not a blow away thing, but like they actually worked, man. Like they just worked a match and it was good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I went three, I went three flat on it, Ooh. um, which was the highest rating until we get a little further down the card. But it was, a. I feel like the placement on this, the entire card was really, really well. Like it was done well. Yeah. Everything was so. Which is super rare for them right now. If this went anywhere else on the card, it probably would have been fucking so much worse than it was. But, like, weirdly enough, like, this spot was perfect. It needed it. Yeah. Because everything else on this card card was so 2003. You know, it was just like, oh, here's flash pins and crazy little pie and just all this stupid shit. And then it was like, okay, Jericho and Goldberg are going to go out and work a match. Wow, a wrestling match. Goldberg. 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 Never thought we'd get that from Goldberg, but I didn't either. Speaking... Oh, no, wait, Pat. Pat, did you give your rating? Yeah, okay. Three and a oh, well, quarter, you said, right? Pie. Speaking of pie, uh, the wheel is spun for the next uh, redneck triathlon backstage. And can you say uh, that again? Result... What, are we, what are we spinning for? The sing off. No, no, no. What redneck were we... triathlon. Thank you. I just needed that one more time. The just, redneck triathlon. What I a just, fucking thing. Was it just me or did it feel like every time they went back to like 
the wheel and stuff, there was just more random shit in the room with them. There, there was, was like a little, chainsaw off the There was like a whole chainsaw on a log. There's a random fucking tractor in the building. Like, it's so fucking insane. Wow. Well, uh, Mishoff seems happy. Um, I mean, as you can imagine, Stone Cold cannot sing. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We got a comedy spot from uh, from Stone Cold asking Terry, "Is that true? Oh, yeah, I can't sing." Uh, she was like, "She was like, yeah, you stuck at it." She's like, "No, you're fucking bad." <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have a whole lot written down about this next one, but this is Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, which is a dream match for a lot of people. Um, Jr. Uh, said as they were coming out. That this is the man that ruled the '80s and the man that ruled the '90s, yeah, and uh, very sick. Which is is kind of hard to argue against that. Yeah, um, it's hard for me to be like, "Oh, this is a great match," because it's not. Um, I think it is a solid match. I think yeah. it's a good match. I don't think that it's anything to run home about. I do think that there are solid spots between them doing classic style wrestling to begin with, which they should have. And then you get those crazy spots that this match needed, which was like the table spot, um, the dive from the turnbuckle to the outside of Ric Flair, like crossbody kind of frog splash. Um, does anybody have this kind of play by play? Um, I don't, I don't have play by play, but I, I have a lot of thoughts on it. Does anybody else have play by play or no? No. I kind of I'll lay out the finish for you real quick. Right. Um, okay. So I believe the uh, Earl goes down, and so it's flares, flares in the corner, and then Sh- it's Sean, and then Hebner's right behind him, and uh, Flair goes for a low blow that like magically hits both of them, it's- and Hebner yeah. fucking like flies across the ring to be like my fucking balls, and is like on the opposite side of the ring. <laughs> Sorry. Who's bigger balls, Nick Patrick or Earl Hebner? Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner. <laughs> no question. You see how far obviously. that foot was off? I was going to say, obviously. Did, didn't he? Uh, we're talking about a man that not only like fucking is the most infamous moment in wrestling history, he also got fired for selling bootleg merch out in the parking lot. Like, we're like. Good shit. This man don't give a fuck. Got some fucking. Got some cojones. Got some nice cojones. <laughs> So, uh, rest down, Sean lands the Sweet Chain Music after doing a pretty nice elbow drop, signature elbow drop from Sean, um, tunes up the band to the crowd's very surprised 50-50 mix reaction, um, you get the Sweet Chain Music, but as he spins and turns around, the legend killer god bless him, hits this man square in his shit, and he could barely get his hand up. Like, it was like, well, bam. Like, that shit was fast as fuck. I was like, no. And then, uh, like, dude, he hit the shit out of me. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Randy just grabs a half dead, which probably should be already, Ric Flair, and drapes him over a lip Sean. Earl is just so happens to be back. Counts the three. And that's it. You get Randy. Putting carrying out Ric Flair's decrepit ass, oh. and uh, that's your finish. And Ethan, I want you to lay 
into me, brother. What do you got to say? I have been waiting for like three fucking days. And we, oh. while well, we waited for everyone else, we talked when, a little bit Ethan about this. Hyped, when Ethan hyped watching this pay-per-view in the group chat, all he said was Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels. Boy, I got some shit to say. Like, yes. we, we talked about it a little bit, and, and well, I'll like, touch yeah. on it, but like, I have been waiting for the full, the full rundown. All right, so... <clears throat> I say this. Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair from what Mania was it? 24? Where Flair's retirement match? That's one of my favorite matches. Fucking great. Flair and Shawn Michaels. The guy from the 80s, guy from the 90s. This this match builds itself. And I didn't I haven't watched the Raws before this, so I didn't know the story. But the video package hypes this up like it's gonna be a big match. You know, Shawn's like, I'm gonna prove myself, you know, and Flair did the fucking the thing with Triple H ruled. I remember watching it, the thing where Flair challenges Triple H and then he flips back. And then not to mention, yeah. the weekend before this, Sean and Flair had a better fucking match interfering in the Triple H and Kevin Nash match than Triple H and Kevin Nash had. So I was excited for this, fellas. You know what I mean? Nat fucking Shawn Michaels and Flair had so much fire. They were slapping the shit out of each other, bleeding, blading. All the punches look good. Good shit. So now we're here. There's a video package for it, right? And we get in the ring. It feels big. It's Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, right? They start this match, and it feels like a big match. They're fucking around with one another, working holes, trading little chain moves. This is – I was so into it, man. This is like a big match you're building. It's Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. When they – when well, I'm not going to shoot on Ric Flair. And I'm not going to – no, never mind. I'm not going to go off on a Shawn rant. I'm going to try and stay calm. See you, bud. <laughs> I see you too, buddy. So <laughs> – well, fuck it. I'll say it. When Sean, <laughs> please, when, say it. please say it. Fuck it. When Sean stays focused, he can ha- build one of the best matches of all time. Then we have this damn thing, right? We start off like it starts off like a classic, and then about seven or eight minutes in, these motherfuckers start falling off the damn rails. Let's bring a table out. Let's do ref bombs. <laughs> Let's fucking do all this shit after we just built this up, did some chain wrestling truck, and started working a classic good old pro wrestling match. Let's do some 2003 shit. And that's fine. But Lord have mercy, boys. This thing fell down like a car breaking down on the side of the road for me, dude. Because they build this thing up like we're going to work a match, dude. We're going to work a match. And they got, dude, Colbert and Chris Jericho had a better match than this for me on this night. Like, I'm I'm stunned that you would say some uh, off the wall, uh, outlandish uh, bullshit like that, Ethan. T- will, tell me this right here. Tell me this. Stunned. What what story was told here to? And I mean, not that Goldberg and Jericho told a great story, but like we just kind of went all over the place. We're gonna have a classic wrestling match, have some competition here, and then we're gonna do spots and rep bumps and boom. And it's just like you just went off into a raw main event. You know what I it's mean? 2003, it's two thousand three, baby. We're living. I will yeah, say, two and a half. I will say, like when the match is happening. Sean goes out of the ring and grabs a table. I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like, I was, I literally said what the fuck is happening. I was like, "Wait, I was like, that's not Why? that's kind of uncharacteristic of you." Like, like he's the baby face, dude. What the and fuck? it was like not even hey. like nothing building to the table at all. It was just like in, duh, 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 duh. All, right, in all fairness, that Texas crowd wanted a fucking table spot and they didn't get it from the Dudley. So Sean was like, "I'm yeah, going to be the right. baby face. We're getting a fucking table spot." From one doofus to the next. You gave it two and a half, you said? I gave it two and a half. I just, the thing is, they did good stuff in it, but as a collective match, it's not good. Like, it's just, they did stuff. You know, the first five or eight minutes was fucking great. 
And then the last half, they just did a bunch of shit. And it was kind of fun, I guess. But, like, none of it coincided with the other. It was just 2003 shit. So, yeah, two and a half for me. I just I was disappointed just because I was really looking forward to it. But, I mean, it don't matter, really. Our opinions don't matter. Mike, what'd you give on this? <laughs> Fellas. Um, the video package for this fucking ruled. Yes. And here's my hot take. I'm not even going to dive in anything because we've already touched on the whole match. It is a very weirdly laid out match, but it still was the best match on this card, in my opinion. Um, I went three and a quarter. I didn't go crazy high on anything in this, um, but I enjoyed it for what it was. And it really, the story that was being set up, if you want to ask about it, isn't about Ric Flair. It's about setting Randy Orton up to be the guy. Literally. Right, And so if we're going to talk storyline and say that there was no story, I would absolutely argue mm -hmm. that because what you get next would be Randy Orton challenging and essentially becoming the legend killer that he became. But um, we're still years off from that. But uh, I enjoyed it for what it was, three and a quarter. I thought it was great. All right. Um, I'll, go, I'll go next here. Um, I didn't hate this match. It's kind of the same thing where it's like there's some some things just it was like it almost was kind of like on the fly they're like should we get a fucking table out is that who we should do at this point um rick just responds by blading <laughs> weirdly enough he actually did not i don't even think he actually he legitimately blade he did start bleeding but i actually think he cut the back of his head open on the table yeah, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. like it was the old, it's one of the very few times where rick is in a match and he just he didn't he was only bleeding from like a legitimate cause um i had noted that like i don't know what the fuck earl hebner was on during this match but the amount of times that he just like hovered over sean being like what'd you say sean what do you say what do you say he said it like 700 fucking times in this match like they're not gonna fucking just give up like we're two minutes into the match he just he gets put into a figure four leave him the fuck alone like let let the yeah. match breathe um I had talked to Ethan about this before we had started. There's a spot where Flair gets Irish whipped into the turnbuckle so he can do the tur the flip over the the turnbuckle spot to go over to the next one. And the whole process of that was the choppiest shit I have ever seen in my entire life. Yep. There was three spots throughout this match where Rick is sitting on the top rope and they'd already commented that, like, every fucking time he goes up there, it never fucking pans out. And what do you know? All three times, it didn't pan out. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, there was something it like just, like, really specific about that particular spot of him flipping over. It was kind of awkward. I just don't know if he didn't get enough speed to do it. But then, like, even him, like, getting over to the next spot to climb up was, like, clunky and shit. It felt weird. Um just given who these two people are being some yeah. of the greatest in ring profession, like in ring generals. Um, when Orton comes out originally to interfere in this match and he gets a super kick for his troubles, he fucking throws himself to the ground. 
He takes that kick, and the thud yeah. he makes on the mats yeah, is so The camera loud. didn't even catch it at first. No, because he, he shits hit, and he just fucking, yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, the two spots that Randy's in made me laugh, because, like, A, yeah. he fucking is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure everyone knows that that was a, that was a kick from Shawn Michaels, and then he comes in and fucking hits him so goddamn hard with that chair. Yes. And for the <laughs> I, record... I like the Randy Orton finish. I just wish the match could have stayed focused in route to the finish. It's just like, I liked the Randy Orton. I mean, I already said it. I don't need to repeat myself. Yeah. I just was like, you know, you you could have, you can have a great match and run an angle at the same time, you know? Yeah. yeah. I just, I feel like if they, like, that's one again, like, kind of looking back at what, what we go to, if they would have incorporated Randy a little bit into the actual, like, storytelling, like, prior, it would have helped made that make more sense. Instead of it just being kind of, like, an aggressive, like, Randy's fucking here and now we're going to go forward. Like, kind of have him be around instead of it just being, like, a constant, like, Sean and Flair talking. It, I don't know. I feel like it could have been a little bit, like, cleaner. Uh, I gave it three. I didn't really hate the match. It is what it is. Um, I do feel like those last three matches are... Uh, th- this match alone is better than all of Insurrection. So <laughs> that's where we're at on this pay-per-view. Cortland, what'd you, uh, what'd you do on this? I gave it three and a quarter. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it for what it was. Like Ethan said, I could have gone without the table spot, but... At some points in this match, I feel like having them do this table spot, have this shitty finish, it could have built to something better. Um, I'm not saying that like getting Randy and Sean isn't great. That's fucking awesome. But, um, you know, I would have loved to see like a wrestling classic between Rick and Sean at this time and not waited so many years for it. Um, but yeah, man, I enjoyed it. I really like the Randy Orton spot. <clears throat> Anytime Randy Orton comes in and that little coal getting squeezed to that diamond starts to shine, I like it. Pat? I gave it two and three quarters. Uh, it's not the greatest match I've ever seen in my life, but it wasn't bad by any means. Um, you know, it's it entertaining. I liked it. I, I like the fact, um, I kind of don't want to necessarily disagree with Casey, but I do like the fact that Randy Orton literally does two things in this match. He takes a super kick and he screws over fucking Shawn Michaels with the chair shot. Like, it's the only two things you see in the tell us the biggest story out of anything that's happened in the match. So it's like, I rock with that. That's what kind of gave me the three and a quarter because I originally had two and a half, but that's just me. Okay. Y'all. All right. Well, next up, we get the Redneck Triathlon. Oh, one more time. Say it again. Redneck Triathlon Part 3. Leg 3. We're here again. I thought we were done. Let's motor through this quick. Alright, Eric Bischoff comes out to start in the last part of the triathlon. He says he's going to sing his theme song, but he's obviously lip-syncing. Bischoff starts again after Austin interrupts on the Megatron. Said it's awful. Crowd boos. Austin says he sucks. Shut up. Austin says they would spin the wheel again because he can't sing either. It lands on Pigpen. 
Austin comes out, stomps a mud hole in Eric Bischoff, drags him up the ramp, throws him into the pig pen, and into now Austin has won the red triathlon. Fucking bonkers. And before we leave this segment for good, do y'all not feel like it, that Stone Cold's the biggest fucking heel of the night? Yeah. He's... He has fucked over Eric Eric, every step of the way. Eric Bischoff won the Redneck Triathlon. He did everything. (laughs) What are you doing? He did everything. But everything else uh, after him, he did. That's a hot take. He did the fuck out of it. And Austin's just like, "Eh, eh." come on, dude. (laughs) This is the real debate. He did what again? <laughs> Dude, is this the real hot take? Who really won the redneck triathlon? <laughs> Fucking Eric did. We gotta put a, we put a at least he sang. Clip, he it, sing. clip it and let's tweet it at Stone Cold until he replies. No, <laughs> clip it and I'll tweet it every single day. I swear to God, I will. We are gonna get, get a reply blocked. Fuck it. That's it. It's happened to me before. Fuck Michael hey, Cole. I'm just saying. Just I, gonna... I am gonna say. It is really hard to start Eric Bischoff's song if you're going to sing it because it just starts immediately. They didn't, they didn't count him in or nothing. So it's just like, it's immediate. End so he wasn't. <laughs> it's just, it's just straight. So, like, yeah, it was bad, but it was just because he was offbeat because he wasn't ready. But, like, he, yeah, he sang. He ate pie. He burped and he fell in some pictures. Can we talk about. And he sung. Can we talk about. How cool Eric Bischoff's song is, though. I'm back. That's fucking great. I'm also, there's not a sing- I don't think there's a single person that can actually have their music hit and get booed by everyone in the crowd like, immediately. No, but it's like <laughs> by the time that I'm comes out, it's just immediate booze. But yeah, I'm he's like, back. I have a, what's the lyric? It's like I have a knack for making things better, and then it's like. Face the facts. Like, like face the facts is one word. <laughs> That's it. Uh, what a mess! Thank God that gets us out of that. Uh, Eric won. Um, <laughs> the uh, main event video package uh, for the World Heavyweight Championship. It's Triple H, Kevin Nash on our ever long journey of the Reign of Terror, and. Boy, is it terror. Because this match <laughs> is not great. Um, although, I don't want to take too much away from it. It does have cool pieces. However, one of them that is not cool is Mick Foley coming out last. Oh, my and, God. And getting the biggest pop of the three. Uh, yeah, of the three. Uh, the crowd couldn't give a shit less about that main event. Um, so I just got little things in it. There's a lot of headshots here. Triple H does his famous drop toe, uh, drop toe hold thing with the steps, face buster on him, super sick. Um, Mick eats a chair, but decides as his rebuttal is to give him a Mr. Socko. Which was very sick. It was like a primal instinct. I mean, yeah, like, dude, it's cool, Oh, fuck like, yeah, it's on Wait, it's wait, cool, wait, but wait, I, wait, this wait. man just smacked you in the face with a steel chair. You are bleeding, and your next thought is, I should put a sock in his mouth. Hell yes. Like, dude, anything else? Nope. They sold anything it as else? vicious, baby. So guess what he did? He sold it as vicious, too. 
Oh man. I might My... I, I might be controversial. I actually kinda like this fucking match. I did too. Favorite match of the entire I liked I liked half of I the match, and that's the important thing. I liked half of it. Yeah. The first half was fucking terrible. Yeah. But the that's second what I was half say, is I don't wanna shit on this match awfully because it has good pieces. I'm just super annoyed by Mick Foley being here. I don't think it needed it. It is. I, 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 That's I'm crazy that you cool. feel that, Cortland, because all of Houston, Texas didn't feel that that night. All 10,000 in attendance didn't feel fucking so, like, in type way about Mick Foley. So, so, like, the part that I... Pre- <laughs> the, the, just on the, on the aspect those of... People. Just in, those 10, the part that I, I appreciated in the storytelling of like involving God 10, damn it, ten thousand. Fucking okay, Jesus Christ! I'm gonna have an aneurysm. The storytelling part of having Mick there, I like the part where it's like you have all of the refs in the back a couple weeks prior, and they're like, "Listen, <laughs> I broke, I broke, I broke big money, Mike over here. He's broke now." Yeah. Um, having... you don't know how hard it is being Mike Klinsky. <laughs> I hate it here. So having 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 Earl and all of the other refs being in the back with Stone Cold and Eric Bischoff being like, "Listen, he beat the shit out of me last week. They they fucked up uh, Paul or what the fuck is his name." Uh, the last ref, they're like, he fucked him up so much, so bad in the last Hell in a Cell that he hasn't ref since. So it's like you have like the storytelling, but it's like yeah, having Mick there, I get it. It's the cheap, it's the cheap pop because he's he is the Hell in a Cell guy. But yeah. like, it's like anytime that you have like the problem I always have with special guest referees is that it's like when are they gonna interfere? Like it's it's gonna happen, and it's just like it's bound to happen. Unless you're, like, unless you're fucking Chief Morley, you were just right down the middle, best referee. I'm telling you, <laughs> right down the middle, right down the hello, ladies. Um, I will say that this match is slow, but yeah, it's 21 minutes long. But I will say that the actual pace of the match. Is surprisingly good because it's a it's a consistent goddamn pace. It is just I think the reason why I like it, regardless of all the shenanigans that happen this match, is that the match itself is is Kevin Nash wants to fucking murder Triple H, and Triple H is gonna do everything he can to keep that title. And they beat the he fucking hits Kevin Nash in the head with a goddamn hammer. Now this sledgehammer, yeah. a literal he fucking, fucking smashes him in the knee before he hits him in the head with it. He, he fucking hits him they, right in the knee. They <laughs> use every possible piece yeah. of fucking weaponry and beat the ever living shit out of each other for yeah. twenty one minutes straight. It, it was very Kevin, creative. Kevin uh, Nash throws yeah. the steps directly towards Triple H's head. He barely gets out of the way. He throws it so hard, it breaks part of the cell, and it almost accidentally hits and murders a photographer. There's a photographer just sitting on the outside, and he has a whole steel step just get launched at his fucking face. As soon as the match starts, someone yells, Preparation H, and I lost my goddamn mind. It gets... It's AC. Like, 
it gets quiet. You fixate on the dumbest shit. Bro, bell rings. <laughs> bell rings. Add that to your intro, buddy. It gets kind of quiet, and all you hear is Preparation, preparation H. Yeah, this is uh, Preparation H Enthusiast, KCL Gordo Gringo. <laughs> preparation case. I know what to I'm putting in your, in your stocking, buddy. To continue fixating on weird shit, uh, JR, after getting hit in the fucking head, uh, Nash is sitting down, was laying down, and JR goes, Nash is laying in a pool of blood, a puddle of blood, and then Blurry from Puddle of Mud started playing in my fucking head for some reason. Yep, I, 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 I just was went, like, everything's so blurry, I just got hit in the face. <laughs> um, I'm going to be controversial. I don't give two fucks. I gave this match four stars. I loved it. I love this fucking match. I gave you every fucking reason why I love this match. Okay. Fight me. I respect it, bro. Casey, who hurt you? Kevin Nash gives the best fucking jackknife powerbomb that he's ever given in this match. So yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. That was the best near fall that I've seen in a long time, dude. That near dude, fall was fucking said, awesome. Like I said last week, dude, Triple H is one of those people that takes that move to perfection. Like there, It's hard to find someone else Kevin Nash did that move to that landed it that good. It made it look that awesome. It was this sick. Is, this is that shit is fucking great. Out of their whole feud during this time, this is the one time that Kevin actually got him all the way up, though. So it got full yeah. momentum, and given where it is in the match, I was like, fuck it. This match is great. I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah. I'll go. Floor fuck is it. Yours. Um, uh, Mick Foley, to argue Cortland's point of him being annoyed he was there, to me, Mick Foley added that extra element of chaos to this match that this feud had been missing. This was a boring fucking feud. Kevin Nash did nothing to be in that spot. They did nothing to really build him in that spot. Why the fuck's he getting multiple title shots? Um, so this turned really violent, really bloody in the second half of the match. Mick Foley kind of added to that chaos that was in that match already. Um, I thought they fucking killed it. The like the jackknife powerbomb uh, made the crowd stand on their fucking feet, and it was the best fucking near fall they've had in a long time. Uh, and then you have Triple H hitting the pedigree for the pinfall. It was good shit. I went three and a quarter. Okay. I'll go ahead and hop in next. Um, I went three and a quarter as well. It was my favorite match of the night. Um, I did not expect it to be my favorite match of the night. Um, a true main event? I yes, I mean I give a lot of kudos to this because of a lot of things that's already been mentioned. The pacing, I mean, it was slow early. They didn't do a lot of interesting stuff early. You know that's why I'm at three and a quarter and not three and three quarters. It's just because early on it took them a minute to kind of get where they're going. But the fact of the matter is, as Casey said, Nash wanted to beat the shit out of Triple H. He was just a good brawl, man. I mean, just yeah. a good brawl. It was slow and brooding, but I mean. Some of these Triple H title matches, that's the difference, though, you know. You had Triple H and Scott Steiner that was slow, and it was dog shit. But here it's like you have the the innovative spots. They didn't overdo near falls. There were just a lot of good little things where I was like, you know, this is actually a good match. They put some effort into it, it felt like, which is something I feel like a lot of these matches we watched have lacked. There's not really any effort. It's just formula. They did a lot of unique stuff. Um, It was the best match on the show for me. I went three and a quarter on it. Uh, I gave it three flat. Um, here's why I didn't give it that three and a quarter. It's because I we watched it. I think we watched this match twice now. Yeah. Um, 
Poof. And both times I noticed that Triple H hits Kevin Nash in the knee while he's backed into a corner. And Kevin Nash falls, but he's selling the wrong knee. And that did it for me, dude. It knocked me straight out of the match. Like, it knocked me right the fuck out of it. It took them, like, a while to get me back. I think until the McFoley bump, which was fucking great. Like, he hit the Why wall the so hard. Oh, did McFoley do that? But, dude, it's like saying that Rick and Sean just slams his back and his head against the cage. It's like Rick and Sean at Insurrection. Like, why did Rick blade so hard? You're not in the match. <laughs> like, you're not You're not even in it. And then, I mean, I know that Mitt's in this match. And, like, it tells a story because uh, I cannot remember that referee's name. That Tim White, the one that almost Tim fucking White. died. Tim White. I, I almost up. called him Paul White, yeah. and it threw me off. I was like, it's not his fucking name, <laughs> but it's Tim something White. close. Yeah, he um, fucked the shoulder up bad. So, like, he got real fucked up. And, like, I get he bled in that match. Mick should bleed in this match. And I enjoyed in the beginning, however, that Mick took a quick bump, like a ref bump, but got right back up to show you. Yeah, to show you, like. Like, this isn't a regular referee. I'm not going to lay around and get bullied and fucking lay on the ground for 10 minutes. Um, So I enjoyed shit like that. So I gave it a solid three. I still think. Somehow, some way, Deshaun and Rick entertained me more. I think that I enjoyed the finish more. Um, but that's not to take away from the solid finish of this. I enjoyed it, especially with Rick and Randy coming out to pick up a broken Triple H that just so happened to barely get there. You get Rick counting that three, and he hits the two, and he looks and takes like that extra half a second. That's like, fuck. And he counts the final three. Good storytelling in the end. And like I said, Rick Rick and Randy coming out to carry Triple H, whose like legs just don't work. And you got Rick pointing at Mick Foley saying, I told you. And Randy just looking a hundred bucks. It's good shit, man. That is good shit. So solid three for shit. Pat. Guys. Pat? Go ahead. I gave it three and a quarter stars, man. It's, uh, I don't want to say the cliche thing, but it was exactly what you wanted. Fucking hell in a cell, man. Like, like, Kevin Nash. A lot Nash, of weapons, a lot of blood. What, what'd yeah. you go? Three, three and, a quarter. and a quarter. Nice. Kevin Nash and Triple H beat the hell out of each other, and I fucking loved every second of it, man. Like, yeah. it was awesome. Um, I will say, like, I did like McFoley in the match, but for me, he, even if he wasn't in the match, I still would have enjoyed it. Like, he didn't really. Sure add or take away for me personally like to the match i will say like the the go home raw before this having first of all like them not even saying anything at first that's first like just like starting out and they're just being a random hell in a cell above the ring i'm like who who hates their fucking crew but they had to build that shit i love the idea is like oh put up hell in a cell on raw like we're gonna promote it and then mick foley shows up and he's like y'all got the cell up early and they're like yeah and he's like Someone's got to beat me up in there. Ugh. I got to get beat up in there tonight. Of course, Ugh. you put it together. All this hard work would be for nothing. Which and then again, he just goes out there. The the part does fit. The part that's fucked up is it's not like they're in like fucking San Antonio and they go to Houston. They're in fucking nah. Miami. Yeah, and they're, you got to drive. Who, three days. Whoever hates their fucking crew to be like, we need you to build the hell in a cell twice. 
they're like, they're like, why is anyone wrestling in it tonight? No, Mick Foley's just gonna get the shit beat out of him in it. I, I guess I don't know. No. But we'll the actual get... the actual promo that happens though, and it's I think the only reason why I was like okay with Mick being in it was like having Triple H being like I fucking retired you you're just some ordinary guy with an ordinary life right now he's like I will fucking end you if you decide to still be the ref and he Mick said Foley's like ordinary he said ordinary he said I'll beat your ordinary ass <laughs> fucking tough and then uh, Mick goes uh uh-uh. Oh yeah. I think well, that we I'm got what what I was gonna say is like guys, I think that we got the best match of Kevin Nash's second oh, WWE yeah. run. Entire and the career. best match. And no no no. Maybe, right? I mean he, I feel like he did some good shit early Top on, five? but th- then uh the best match of Goldberg's entire career in my opinion. Yeah. On the same pay per view. Felt kind and of also crazy. Bad Blood is one of my favorite and I believe a lot of people's like favorite entrance area. Um it yes. looks fucking bad. Yes. We just couldn't find a good shot of it. Big heartbreaker. People do not have fucking stages, yeah. dude. It's stupid. That wraps up Bad Blood 2003. Uh, what's next on the docket? We have SummerSlam uh... 2003 is going to be our Christmas episode. Oh, man. That's going to got... be a doozy. We've got... Fellas, y'all got anything to add before I get us the hell on out of here? You want me to run uh... through this card right quick or no? Nah? Go ahead, please. All right. SummerSlam 03. So we've got La Resistance. I'm just going to mash them together now. Versus the Dudley Boys for the tag team titles. Oh, this will be fun. We've got Undertaker versus A-Train. Fuck yes. That's going to be the match of the night. We get SmackDown back, baby. We get a Falls Count Anywhere match with Shane McMahon versus Eric Bischoff. (laughs) Oh, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Neither do I. It's it's written. That means down, we get though. to see Eric Bischoff in in karate uniform though. Fucking six time black belt. <laughs> uh, we It'll get be sick. We get a fatal four way where it's Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit, Rhino and Tajiri for the U.S. title. Mm. Interesting. I'm gonna just probably say it's probably gonna be match of the night or gonna be very close. We get uh, Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship, and then we get an elimination chamber where it's Triple H, Goldberg, Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, Randy Orton, and Kevin Nash. Not just elimination chamber. The first is the first one. Chamber, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. The, the first one was Survivor right? Series. Oh, was it? Oh, was it Survivor Series? Oh, yeah. the second one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because Kane was in the first one, right? And that was yeah. the Shawn Michaels uh, yeah. belt win. Belt win, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fun, fun small tidbit. This is in uh, Phoenix, where I currently reside, and I actually have a pay-per-view chair from this SummerSlam. So it might. If you make, don't have it, it. It will make an appearance. Find a way to. Ha- yeah, find a way to make it happen. Corlin, what were you going to add? Uh, there's one thing I wanted to touch on earlier, but um, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy have released videos together. Um, we're not going to speculate a whole lot on what happened with his release. <laughs> um, however, it is good to see Jeff in a video. Um, Looking happy. Yeah, Looking great. He looked very happy. Um, 
Matt's gone on record now later on to say that he believes that Jeff didn't need rehab. He thinks that Jeff's in the best health of his life and the happiest he's ever been. Um, they're teasing a lot of stuff. Young Bucks have even made a tweet of some sort of like uh, eyes wide open uh, emoji, I believe is what it was. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that uh, hell yeah to them. Hell yeah to Team Extreme doing whatever. Um, I do get a lot of people not wanting them to go to AEW. Yeah, it could potentially look bad. But, like, you still got Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen with allegations. I think everything will be all right. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, and to add on to your hell yes, hell yeah for sober Jeff Hardy. Let's hell fucking yeah. give that dude a round of applause. Yes. Uh, I know we joke about drugged up Jeff a bunch, but – um, I don't know if there's – and I think I could speak for all five of us. I don't know if there's a guy that better encapsulates, like, wrestling in our younger years better than Jeff Hardy. Like, when I was growing up, yeah. anybody that watched wrestling that was a kid at my age wanted to fucking be Jeff Hardy, right? But and, especially and, from around here. Like, everyone – as soon as everyone oh, found out God. that they were from North Carolina, that was, was it. over. Yeah. Um, so his sobriety, cool as shit. Jeff, it was good to see you happy. Um, guys, I'm going to get us the fuck out of here. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, it's been another wild episode of the Reign of Terror on Up and Over Podcast. Please don't forget to give us a follow. Um, firstly, at, at Up and Over Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and on TikTok. Uh, don't forget to follow the Pro Wrestling Truth at the PW Truth on Twitter and at PW. Pro Wrestling Truth on Instagram. Uh, and guys, for Pat, for Cortland, for uh, Ethan, for Casey, I'm Mike, and uh, we'll be here next week. We hope you guys enjoyed your stay. See you again. Good night. Bye. Bye.